super circle of stars. So it resembles a medicine wheel. Hmm. Um, and the moon crossed this intersection point early last Saturday morning. Um, this is something that happens once every 26,000 years. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no wonder I was feeling a bit askew <laughs> no, the I'm last few days. Seriously. I, yeah, I really feel like, um, what? He's saying no more? Are we all done? We're out of time? Wait oh, a minute. Who's Alec? coming on after us? Is yeah. it our wolf? It's, is it our wolf? Or it's Mike Perini. <laughs> okay. We can't step on Mike's toes. He's I, too yes, nice. I refuse to be harassed by our wolf. <laughs> so native. So a shamanic. Shamanic. Shamanicastrology.com. I'm going to. Yeah, I think we should talk about there. this on a different show because um, those yeah, 26,000 year cycles, I think, yeah, are they're really sending me important. for a loop. Yeah, they are. And I feel like now's the time for us to connect with nature, to live the values, really start incorporating the values that we have into our lives, and pray for that sort of mm-hmm. help. Pray for wisdom. Pray for the power that we need yeah. and healing and in the new beginnings that we have coming up. Go out there and try to um, listen to the trees this weekend. That's right. So, Renegade Solutions, uh, once again, we're signing off, handing you over to Mike Perini with Pandora's Lunchbox. We'll hear from you next week where we may or may not be interviewing Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I'm not sure about that yet, but I certainly hope we do. That would be exciting. And it, Betty's not going to tell us that we're demons or we're humans. He's not going to talk just that way. Thanks for listening. Hopefully next week we can uh, talk to you again. Mike, ready, go. In Pandora's box, a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? And off his box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor Good evening, I'm Mike and I'm glad that you're you and that you're listening. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture every week, and certainly a show about food and culture last week when Arwolf was kind enough to do the show for me. Thank you, Arwolf. Arwolf is now preparing records for his 7 o'clock program, Face the Music, and he was kind enough to do Pandora's Face last week for me. Well, a lot is going on right now. It's getting kind of nippy out there. It's going to be down to about 29 degrees tonight, so what better time to celebrate, to jump around a lot, to reflect, to think about life and death, and now is the time it's happening all over the world, and we're going to look at different cultures that are doing different things right now, and the fact is that it does it takes much more than a half an hour to do any of these things justice, it's perfectly impossible to do them justice, so... Let's get right at it. First of all, I want to talk about one of my favorite Halloween-ish songs. It's a song about food and a song about death. I returned a bag of groceries accidentally taking off the shelf before the expiration date. I came back as a bag of groceries accidentally taking off the shelf before the day stamped on my Did a large procession wave 
apologize for when I was eight and I made my younger brother have to be my personal slave. Did a large procession wave their torches as my head fell in the basket and was everybody dancing on the Accidentally taken off the shelf before the day stamped on my sand. In a large procession, waved their torches as my head fell in the basket. And was everybody dancing on the casket? And now it's sugar, I'm dead, and I haven't done anything that I want. Or I'm still alive, and there's And the sound of the record fading out, actually it's a CD with a record sound on it, if you know what I'm saying, is, what does that sentence end if with at end of sentence? It is, that's They Might Be Giants, and that was called Dead from their album Flood. It's about groceries and death. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and this is a very, this is an extremely fascinating time in the world because there are many cultural events going on that reflect on life and death and food and other things. The Mexican Day of the Dead begins, actually, it, it's two days. It's November 1st and November 2nd. I'd like to talk about that for a bit right now, and there are some ways that you can celebrate that right now. In fact, right now, at the Mallets Creek branch of the Ann Arbor Public Library, this started half an hour ago and will continue until 8, there is a Day of the Dead celebration for teenagers. Uh, Teresa Flagg of Thorn Meadow Florals is showing people there how to decorate a traditional sugar skull and to create other skeleton and floral projects while you munch on snacks. A Day of the Dead celebration for teens happening right now at the Mallets Creek branch of the Ann Arbor Public Library. That branch is on Eisenhower Parkway, and it's for grades 6 to 12. Now, first of all, we're going to look at the Day of the Dead in Mexico, and I have some information on that here. And then in a little bit, we'll also look at the Day of the Dead in Bolivia. But first of all, in Mexico, this is from Ricardo J. Salvador, who talks about why Mexicans celebrate the Day of the Dead. He says, This is an ancient festivity that has been much transformed through the years, but which was intended in pre-Hispanic Mexico to celebrate children and the dead. The best way to describe this Mexican holiday is to say that it's a time when Mexican families remember their dead and the continuity of life. The original celebration can be traced to many Mesoamerican native traditions, such as the festivities ritually presided by the Lady of the Dead. In the Aztec calendar, this ritual fell roughly at the end of the month of July and the beginning of August, 
but in the post-conquest era, it was moved by Spanish priests so that it coincided with the Christian holiday of All Hallows' Eve, in Spanish, Dia de Todos Santos. This was, as the author says, a vain effort to transform the observance from a profane to a Christian celebration. Mexicans now celebrate the Day of the Dead during the first two days of November. The modern festivity is characterized by the traditional Mexican blend of ancient Aboriginal and introduced Christian features. And he points out that this is not a morbid occasion, but rather a festive time. At the cemetery, family members engage in sprucing up the grave site, decorating it with flowers, setting out and enjoying a picnic, and interacting socially with other family and community members who gather there. In both cases, celebrants believe that the souls of the dead return and are all around them. Families remember the departed by telling stories about them. The meals prepared for these picnics are sumptuous, usually featuring meat dishes and spicy sauces, chocolate beverages, cookies, sugary confections, and a variety of animal or skull shapes, and a special egg batter bread called pan de muerto, or bread of the dead. Grave sites and family altars are profusely decorated, with flowers, primarily large, bright flowers like marigolds and chrysanthemums, and adorned with religious amulets and with offerings of food, cigarettes, and alcoholic beverages. For the participants, the festive interaction with both the living and the dead in an important social ritual is a way of recognizing the cycle of life and death that is human existence. In homes, observant observant families create an altar and decorate it with items that they believe are beautiful and attractive to the souls of their departed ones. Such items include offerings of flowers and food, but also things that will remind the living of the departed, such as their photographs or a diploma or an article of clothing, and the things that the dead prized and enjoyed while they lived. This is done to entice the dead and to assure that their souls actually return to take part in the remembrance. In very traditional settings, typically found only in native communities, the path from the street to the altar is actually strewn with petals to guide the returning soul to its altar and the bosom of the family. The traditional observance calls for departed children to be remembered during the first day of the festivities, that's the Day of the Little Angels, or Dia de los Angelitos, and for adults to be remembered on the second day. Traditionally, this is accompanied by a feast during the early morning hours of November the 2nd, the Day of the Dead proper, though modern urban Mexican families usually observe the Day of the Dead with only a special family supper featuring the bread of the dead. In southern Mexico, for example, in the city of Puebla, it's good luck to be the one who bites into the plastic toy skeleton hidden by the baker in each rounded loaf. Friends and family members give one another gifts consisting of sugar skeletons or other items with a death motif, and the gift is more prized if the skull or skeleton is embossed with one's own name. Another variation found in the state of Oaxaca is for bread to be molded into the shape of a body or burial wrap and for a face to be embedded on one end of the loaf. During the days leading up to the festivity and following the festivity, some bakeries in heavily aboriginal communities cease producing the wide range of breads they typically sell so they can focus on satisfying the demand for the bread of the dead. In general, the more urban the setting within Mexico, the less religious and cultural importance is retained, while the more rural and Indian the locality, the greater the religious and economic import of the holiday. Because of this, this observance is usually of greater social importance in southern Mexico than in the northern part of the country. 
So, the Day of the Dead coming up. That is November 1st is the first day. November 2nd is the second day. And that is going to be celebrated in different ways around Southeast Michigan as well. And we'll look at that in just a moment. Actually, we'll also talk to a guest we have in the studio coming up about his visit to Bolivia to see their Day of the Dead festivities. But first of all, we're going to listen to some festive music that mixes the old with the new. This is not strictly a Day of the Dead piece of music. It is, in fact, Nortec music. This is from Plankton Man. And this song is called Laser Met Ah okay. Laser Metralleta or perhaps Laser Metralleta. And he'll do it more justice than I've just done right now. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and we're listening to Plankton Man, and this is called Laser Metralleta. This is Nortec music, mixing traditional Mexican music with techno, Nortec music. Mixing cultures, and we've been talking about the Day of the Dead, which mixes the profane with the religious, at least according to this article by the person that I was reading mixes the, not profane with the religious so much, but the traditional with the cult, with the modern, the 
the religious with the secular. And I have a recipe here for pan de muerto, or the bread of the dead. And this is from globalgourmet.com. So I hope you're getting your pencil here. And if you don't, you can always look it up on the web. It's pan de muerto, bread of the dead. Half a cup of butter, half a cup of milk, half a cup of water, five to five and a half cups of flour, two packages of dry yeast, a teaspoon of salt, one tablespoon of whole anise seed, a half a cup of sugar, and four eggs. Now it could go on. Now the glaze, I should, I don't think I'll read all the directions, but the glaze has a half a cup of sugar, one third of a cup of fresh orange juice, two tablespoons of grated orange zest. And this is the bread of the dead. This is from the Global Gourmet dot com website. And I have a guest in the studio. Hello. Hello. This is Rusty. Rusty is a University of Michigan employee and also has visited Bolivia during the Day of the Dead. And uh, would you like to talk about that a little bit? Sure. A year ago, uh, right about now, we were in Bolivia. And we happened to be in the highlands of Bolivia at the time the Day of the Dead uh, happened, I guess. And while we were there, it was sort of caught us on guard, off guard. We weren't really expecting... Uh, I guess we hadn't even thought about the Day of the Dead. It didn't seem like Halloween was a really big uh, festival down there. So that so you didn't expect, oh, it's October 31st, something's going to happen. You didn't know. Right, no. So, in fact, Halloween was barely noticeable. And so the day after Halloween, we were surprised when it seemed like half the country was on the roads uh, heading up to the highlands to come back to their original hometowns and celebrate. Wow. So... It was pretty. It was pretty neat. I mean, you have to understand, Bolivia is like is a country that's in transition right now, and there's a lot of dislocated people, and people have moved mainly from the highlands to the have moved from the highlands down to mm-hmm. the um, down to the lowlands, and so the Day of the Dead sort of requires everyone make the transition from the highlands or from the lowlands back up to the highlands. Sounds like we have some uh, festive music going on here. And, uh, yes, this is not Day of the Dead music, but it is the music of modern modernity. Nonetheless, yes, you're talking about that. Um, now, I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> you were talking about Bolivia and it's in transition. Right. So, uh, the Day of the Dead, uh, the bus fares went up by about 50%. Uh-huh. It was hard to find a, a space on a bus. We had to, we were crammed in with a lot of other people and, and um, eventually made it to the town of Oruro. I don't know if I can pronounce that correctly. Oh, it's O R U R O, and it's a big mining town that's uh, in the highlands. And it's got it was it's got about a 550, 600 year history, well 500 some years, and um, it was overflowing, so it was a little bit difficult to find a hotel room there. And when we got there. Uh, they were found the whole place was in festival and there were the markets were going all day long there were people everywhere uh in the the graveyards were just filled with people very colorful uh everything was sort of uh covered with garlands and flowers and food for the dead and uh, places that normally would be pretty austere were suddenly very uh, bright and colorful so basically, the graveyard was as much of a location for the celebration as the street or any other part. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And people, you saw the gra- now. You also mentioned to me earlier that the day after the celebrations, people were were leaving, but there were still signs of the Day of the Dead. Right. They leave everything at the graveyard afterwards. So uh, the 
there's the graveyards are empty on the day after, but uh, you can see everything that's been left there. So it's it's kind of interesting too because it's the highlands are fairly they're basically high grasslands and they're fairly barren and colorless at least at the time of the year when we were there, and so it was kind of startling to be coming or you know driving down the road and suddenly you'd see a, a graveyard that was just filled with you know uh, color and and you know garlands and everything. So wow, yeah, it was pretty neat. Now, why did people, uh, maybe this is just a part of the tradition, why did a lot of people go up to the highlands during the Day of the Dead? They, it's traditional to go back where they're from. So because almost everyone has moved in the last 10 or 20 years, uh, they and most of everyone's moving a, away from the at least the more remote parts of the highlands, that it's traditional for them to go back home and, and be with their families. So even though people that we talked to weren't necessarily all religious, they were definitely, it was kind of like a Thanksgiving in this country. People wanted to be with their families and to celebrate and and to have good food. Mm-hmm. And you, so you talked to people about their feelings about Day of the Dead and what it meant to them? A little bit, yes. Yeah. Uh, we had a fairly extensive conversation with one woman on, on the bus about the Day of the Dead, and she was traveling from, uh, I think, Cochabamba up to Oruro. And very interesting town names there. Mm. And she had been, she was actually a missionary and had converted from Catholicism to Protestantism, mm. uh, evangelical. And she was not as into the actual tradition of the Day of the Dead, but she was definitely, she she told us she wouldn't even think of missing it because she wanted to be with her family. And, and she said that it was very important to remember her ancestors. That's the whole thing. You know, down there, life expectancy is about 50 years for people so and death mm. is much more present so they they lose people all the time and wow. they definitely want to remember them mm. so. so that's day of the dead in bolivia yes and you know you also did you go into stores and see some traditional food and artifacts and things to do that yeah, for about a week before, we couldn't. it took us a, f- a while to figure out why this was going on, but about a f- week before the Day of the Dead, uh, the markets were filled with flowers, um, many more flowers than we normally had seen. And also the, the markets had open-air bakeries, uh, and you could purchase, to, you know, to us it seemed kind of strange. It was you could be- get bread that was in the shape of a coffin with like uh, candy in the middle to represent someone's face. Uh, so it was and painted, you know, or, or covered with black frosting. So mm. it was a bit, <laughs> a bit unusual. It took us a while to figure out what was going on, and then finally, you know, when the Day of the Dead actually happened, we were like, "Oh, okay, now it all makes sense." Uh-huh. <laughs> that, okay. That's what that's all about. Uh, but yeah, you couldn't go anywhere for the, a week beforehand without seeing uh, pastries or confections uh, with some sort of motif, whether it was a cross or a coffin or you know, some representation of a skeleton. Wow. So, that, yeah, so it was similar to what you were talking about in Oaxaca. Yeah, yeah. that is so interesting. And uh, I just want to mention also that there are some opportunities to see Day of the Dead information and uh, references around southeast Michigan. Now, Mexican Town is going to have a major Day of the Dead celebration on the 1st and the 2nd. And you can look a little bit into that by looking to mexicantown.org. There is a, quite a bit of information there about what's going on in Mexican Town in Detroit. 
In Ypsilanti, meanwhile, there is an art display called Back to the Dead. It's recent works of Mexican artists inspired by the Day of the Dead. It's continuing through tomorrow. It's open tonight until 9 p.m. and tomorrow from noon to 9. That's at the Riverside Arts Center on Huron Street near Michigan Avenue. And if you go to the Peaceable Kingdom on Main Street, it's a cool little kids' toy fun shop. And in the window, there is a Day of the Dead display every year, and it's quite enjoyable. So, Peaceable Kingdom. You can actually walk down there right now. They're closed at 6, I believe, but you can certainly look in the window. But don't mention Rush Limbaugh when you're there. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's probably good advice, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what the connection with Day of the Dead and Rush Limbaugh is, but you definitely don't want to mention it when you're a Peaceable Kingdom. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh, not necessarily a peaceable person, perhaps, <laughs> but uh, that's that's good advice, and we always appreciate good advice. That's your advice for the day. Don't mention Rush Limbaugh at Peaceable Kingdom. Exactly. Yes. Well, thank you, Rusty. For you're very welcome. For telling us about Day of the Dead in Bolivia. And we're going to uh, wrap things up just now with a little bit about another major ceremony. And again, I have to apologize because there's no way to do these ceremonies justice in a half an hour. But this one continues. The one I'm going to talk about now, Diwali, which is a major ceremony in India, continues on, uh, begins next, beginning of next week and continues on through the week. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that right now. Now, Diwali is a holy tradition that symbolizes the victory of light over darkness. And I have a little bit of information on that for you here. Here it comes. Here it is. I don't... Here we go. The sound of papers. And again, it helps to know where you are when you... This is this is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We're going to play a little bit of music right now. Clearing music for me. That is some more music from Plankton Man, Nortec Music from Mexico. Now, the Diwali celebration, I have some information on that on reachgujarat.com. Diwali, sorry, Diwali is the lighting of the lamps. Every year on the dark nights of Diwali, the sound of firecrackers announces the celebration. Homes are decorated, sweets are distributed by everyone, and thousands of lamps are lit to create a world of fantasy. Of all the festivals celebrated in India, Diwali is by far the most glamorous and important. Enthusiastically enjoyed by people of every religion, its magical and radiant touch creates an atmosphere of joy and festivity. Diwali celebrations in India are similar to Christmas celebrations in the USA. And just a quick mention, the ancient story of how Diwali evolved into such a widely separated festival is different in various regions and states of India. In the north, particularly in the Uttar Pradesh, Punjab, Haryana, and Bihar, and the surrounding areas, Diwali is the day when King Rama's coronation was celebrated after his epic war with Ravana, the demon king of Lanka. Cities and far-flung boundaries were lit up with rows of lamps glittering on dark nights to welcome home the divine, the divine King Rama and his Queen Sita after 14 years of exile, ending with an across-the-seas war in which the whole of the kingdom of Lanka was destroyed. That is just a snapshot of Diwali, and again, I'm sorry that I can't give you the whole thing in one half-hour show. But Diwali, the Festival of Lights, just to mention, there actually is 
a Diwali banquet at Shalimar in Ann Arbor, and you can make reservations. That's this weekend. And so, what I'm going to try to do next week for you on Pandora's Lunchbox is talk a little more about Diwali, because it's a celebration that continues through the week. Thank you for listening to Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Thank you again, Rusty, for being on the program. Coming up in just a moment, it's Arwolf who will help us to, as best as we all can do, face the music. We're going to go out with a song that celebrates the darkness and the life and the death and food and all of these things all at once. And I want to dedicate the Day of the Dead show to people that I'm very, uh, I want to give tribute to Rosa Parks, my grandma English, and Screamin' Jay Hawkins. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. I put a spell on you. Because of mine Stop the things you do <laughs> What's up?